welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. Okay, so it says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being at the right place at the right time. Now, um, give me the other translation of this, um, maybe the new KJV, because I want, so this explained what it meant by time and chances. In other words, you know, being right time and then the chances. It says, I return and saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the men of understanding, nor favor to to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Everybody say time and chance happens to the skillful, happens to the wise, the educated, everyone. And he's saying that basically what determines the outcome, basically, is time and chance. It's time and chance. And I wanted to um, explain that. So in the New Testament, uh, okay, you know what? I said I was going to read two other passages. Let's read the second, the one, the second one, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It said, from the tribe of Isaac, Isaacar, Ishakar, Ishakar, Ishakar. Okay, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times, and they knew the best course. Everybody say the best course Israel ought to take. So listen, at every point in time, there, is a, there are alternative courses, right, that are presented to you. But it's not all the courses, right, that are presented to you that is the right course to take. But there is a right course to take. One of the things you will learn after being a Christian or in leadership or whatever is that at every point in time, you have different, you have many options and directions in your life. At every point in time, you have many options and directions that you can take. And listen, if you have as many people around you, if you have a lot of people around you, two, let's say you're having a leadership meeting or a family meeting or a work meeting or any kind of meeting, right? And they sit around you. They will provide you with many courses of action. But you know what? Even though there are many courses of actions, they 
Not all the courses of action are the correct thing for that time. So what distinguishes a person, a leader, or a person who is working with God is the ability to determine out of all the options, the right course of action. Because that right course, that course of action is going to lead you to certain outcomes. So it was telling us here that out of the there were 200 leaders. These 200 people, it wasn't the, people think that the tribe of Issachar, everybody knew the signs of the times. You know, that's a mistake. They say, oh, the tribe of Issachar, they knew the time of the time. No, it was only 200 out of them. 200 leaders of the tribe with their relative. All these men understood the signs of the times and they knew the best course for Israel to take. So it wasn't like the entire tribe, including the children, <laughs> the tribe, they all knew what Israel was going to do. No, it was those leaders that had the capacity to know what Israel ought to do. So we're talking about leadership here, but I'm talking, right now, I'm even talking about self-leadership. Do you get what I'm saying? Not even talking about leading people. One of the first things about self-leadership is the ability to determine the right course to go so that you can take advantage of the chances that God is going to present to you. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk more on that as we move on. Is that clear, everybody? Now, the next verse is Ephesians 5 from verse 15 to 16. Ephesians 5 from verse 16 to 16, 15 to 16. Ephesians 5, 16 to 15. 15 to 16. He said, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. So listen, there are two ways you could live. He's telling you that there are ways you could live. But one of the ways you could live is to live like a fool. Now, what does it mean to live like a fool in this context? What is a fool, based on what we're living, is a fool. Is, a fool is somebody who just operates at the whim of the moment. A fool is somebody who just makes decisions based on maybe what, this is what pleases me the most. This is what, you know, a fool is not necessarily somebody who is unintelligent. The Bible never, when you, when you talk about foolishness in the Bible, the Bible always links foolishness with taking unwise actions or untimely actions. Do you get what I'm saying? Not necessarily that the person doesn't have any gumption or any, what, what, no gumption, no, not any, uh, what do you call it, IQ or whatever you want to, you know, do you get what I'm saying? But, if, for example, he says, a fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Do you think all the people that are saying that there is no God, don't you know that they, go, they went to school? Most of the people that say there is no God, they went to school, they have all the degrees, more than a thermometer. So, it's not, it is not that they are not smart, right? It's just that they are not accurate. Do you get what I'm saying? So, foolishness is living without accuracy. Foolishness is living by guesswork. Foolishness is living by your natural understanding of things. Just your mental understanding of things. Foolishness is living based on what the environment presents to you. Rather than the inner guidance that is available to you. Or the spiritual guidance that is available to you in God. I'm, I'm sorry to say, many times, we as believers, we live foolishly. And that's why Paul was addressing it to the Ephesians church, one of his favorite, you know, churches, you know, that he gave them a very mature epistle, not like the one he gave to the Corinthians. And he tells them, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. 
But like those who are wise. Now, how do those who are wise live? How do those who are wise live? He tells us now. He qualifies it. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. We're going to talk about that. But go, go, give me the end. You see that, you know, really, this is a, you see, when you, when you talk about the NLT, I like to use it because it is what is called a functional translation of the Bible. A functional translation of the Bible, there are two types of translations of the Bible. There's the one that is called the formal translation. So the formal translation goes to the Greek or the Hebrew, right, and gives you the word as it is there. A functional translation explains to you in your modern-day language, what that means, right? Now, they have some extremely functional one, like the message that, you know, <laughs> it's like on this edge, <laughs> on this end, the message is like, it will just give you grace straight away and it will have some things in there. But it's trying to help you to understand. The basic thing is right, right? But it's adding some things there to help you understand, right? There are some of the extreme functional parts. Sorry, yeah, the extreme functional parts, you understand that, you know, you read it, it's straight, some of them are called literal translations that is straight from there. Now, I like to, what I like to do when I study is that I like to have um, a functional one. I like to study um, a formal one, right? And I like to go to the original language too, right? Then, but when I want to preach, right, after distilling that, I like to preach more, right, with the functional one because you are trying to get people into application, right? But if you, are, you, know, if you, but if you want to teach, like, get, make people really get, um, like, you know, what they can stand upon. Sometimes you have to use the, uh, the, form, uh, the formal translation. So let's look at the formal translation. Um, the, the, NK, the NKJV is more formal uh, in, in translation. It says, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Everybody read me, read me. want to go. Redeeming the time. Because it is, you know that the other one, we didn't see time in there. But in the Greek word, right, in the Greek, if you read the Greek of this, you'll see there that one of the words mentioned there in the Greek is the word time. And I'll tell you. Now, there are two words used for time in the Greek, in the Greek Bible. The first word used for time is the word chronos. Chronos. So, chronos is where you get chronology, chronicles. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, you know, you actually have some watches now, Kronos. You know, you have, do you get what I'm saying? You watch Kronos. Kronos has to do with sequences of time. In other words, minutes and seconds and hours and weeks and days and years. How things, what, evolve based on how, right, the sun revolves. Oh, I keep forgetting. Which one is revolving? Please tell me. The, the earth revolves around the sun, right? While it's also rotating around its own axle, yes. Thank you. So, the sun is, so basically that's minutes and hours. So, that's chronos. So, can I see your nice wristwatch? That is measuring, that is measuring chronos. That's measuring what? Chronos. Now, according to the Bible, uh, the days of our lives are measured in chronos. So, when somebody dies, what you're going to see there is from 1908 to 2018. That's what? Chronos. Right? 
So they will say that's the number of years that the person lived. But what they do not know, or what they do not, they, they, nobody talks about, is that within the chronos, during the lifetime of the person, there is another kind of time that, that the person was presented with or the person lived. That's the one the Bible calls kairos. And the word used in this place is kairos. Redeeming the kairos because the chronos <laughs> are evil. No, not chronos there, but I'm just explaining that. You got redeeming the kairos. Redeeming what? The kairos. So what is kairos? That's what I want to quickly explain to you before I move on. What is kairos? So, so basically, we moved into the 2020, whatever, whatever, 2020s, decade of the 2020s, right? So that means in Kronos, we have entered into a new what? <laughs> time, right? A new Kronos. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, right? <laughs> new natural set of timings, right? Now, what is Kairos? So Kairos, let's, let's look at it. So when the Bible talks about Kairos... Um, Kairos is uh, simply refers to an appointed time, an opportune moment, or a due season. An appointed time, an opportune moment, and due season. Let me give you a good illustration that will help you understand it. <laughs> I think you will get it. So if you are going to we are going to, let's say you are traveling to um, Dallas, right? You are traveling to Dallas, and then they will give you um, the flight time, right? The flight time. They will say the flight time is going to be at, you know, so, so, and so, a.m. Let's say it's a 9 a.m. flight, right? It's a 9 a.m. flight. So... Then it, they will tell you when it's going to land, maybe two hours or whatever, right? So they're giving you Kronos, right? So while you are sitting there, right, waiting for the flight, or maybe you are, maybe for some people, they are still driving to get to the airport, <laughs> right? And they're still going to go through security. And then they're still going to do all those things. And then they're going to get to that place. But when they say boarding time, everybody say boarding time. When they say boarding time, that is Kairos. Kairos is a window. You get it. It's a window of opportunity that shuts. Now, it might repeat itself for you on another flight. Do you get what I'm saying? In some, some cases, the flight will be another time. Sometime, maybe it will be the next one. But it's not guaranteed like that because you will see some of the factors that work uh, in this spiritual thing. But I'm just giving you a natural illustration. Do you get what I'm saying? So the kairos is like, okay, time for the flight. So it's only those who are present there, who were listening, who lined up and got into the plane that are going to leave on that flight. Not, some people are entitled to be on the plane. Some people were scheduled to be on the plane. They were prophesied to be on the plane. Taking it to spiritual. Are you getting what I'm saying? They, they, they told everybody, it's my God show. 
going to get on this flight. They, they packed their baggage. They, they did everything. But if they are not aware of when it's boarding time, they are left behind. So this is what I want to say to you. There are many flights that are leaving constantly in your life that you are scheduled to be on. This year, this decade, there will be many flights that have been scheduled that you are supposed to be on. So living wisely or circumspectly is the ability to discern the time and the season, to know this is my flight, this is when it's taking place, and to make sure that you position yourself so that you can be on the flight. Living foolishly is just to think that, oh yes, 2020, you know, January to February to March, and do all that, and to do all your schedule and your calendar. I'm a very schedule, good I schedule and all that, but I schedule based on, I also, when I do chrono scheduling, I check my spirit to schedule Kairos scheduling. Kairos scheduling really is being sensitive in the moment, knowing that there are divine contingencies and happenings that when you enter into that flight, it will collapse your chronos so that you can accomplish more in one year than somebody will accomplish in one month. And sometimes one in more, more, in, more in one year than somebody can accomplish in 10 years. Because you were sensitive to the Kairos. So I want to tell you, listen, there are two ways we live. And all of us, we fall into... You know, we, we, we get back into, sometimes I, you know, I get into chronos. You know, like I get, you know, and I say, no, 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 you got to be sensitive to kairos. You, are, you get into chronos when you are so dependent on your timing and your planning that the Holy Spirit has nothing to say. Oh! I already scheduled that! Let me tell you some things that wouldn't have happened if somebody went only by their schedules. Let me tell you what would have happened. Goliath will not be down. Because David had something on his schedule, right? Deliver food to your what? And come back. And go and keep the sheep. But while he was there, a window opened. And a person, a man was speaking. And this, he just turned. And he's like, ah, what is this? But you know what? That window of opportunity that opened for him was what led him to his destiny. But it wasn't scheduled. They said he overheard. Can you listen? He said he overheard people talking. And it's like, what? Sometimes the things that will change your life, you overhear them. In fact, most of the time, the things that will make the most impact for your life, you are, you've been preparing, but you are unprepared for them when they happen. Like you are not, it's not, you're not thinking that this is the day. You're not thinking this is the day. They come like a thief in the night. You know the way a thief comes in the night? Right? The thief does not write, I know they write a letter, you know, they come to like and say, I'm coming, or this day, or whatever. <laughs> That's another kind of thief. <laughs> but the way the thief comes is they come when you are unprepared. Jesus said, my coming is going to be like a thief in the night. Are you listening? 
Opportunities are going to creep up on you in 2020. And in this decade, they're going to creep up on you. And if you are not careful, if you are not aware, if you are not wise, you will think that they are just chances. Oh, they are just coincidences. Oh, they are just, you know, they just happen. Not knowing that it's a divine arrangement of Kairos so that you can fulfill what you're supposed to fulfill in Kronos. So my first... Um, thing to you that I want to say is please be like the leaders of Ishakar, of the tribe of Ishakar, those 200 men who are sensitive to timing. They are sensitive to what? God opportunities. Because that's how God is going to fulfill his purpose and plans for you. Time and chances. Be sensitive to it. So, Hallelujah. So, some examples of Kairos opportunity. Raising your children. Raising children is a Kairos opportunity. Because there's a window. There's a window. There will come a time where you can't raise them anymore. They're going to live by how you have raised them. It's a window. It's a train up a child in the way that they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. So there's, when they are old, you know what I'm saying? When they are old. And if you, when you start having kids that are older, you begin to realize that, wow, chances. You know? There are chances that you have to make out. There are chances when they are babies. There are chances when they are in the womb. There are chances when they are still running after you and saying, mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. You know? And you, everything that you say is like God speaking. That's a chance. But there's going to come a time when you say something and they will ask you why or prove it. Everybody say time and chances. <laughs> Being in a particular location is also a Kairos experience. As you know, in our lives, um, and if you see from the Bible, God puts people in locations per time. It's not by accident. That's why I tell people right now, when you come to me, I say, it's not, it doesn't matter how you got here. The question is, why am I here? You understand what I'm saying? People got here in different ways. Some people were born here, like my wife. Some people attached themselves to those who were born, like myself. <laughs> why are you shaking your head? <laughs> right? Some people, you know, they got, some people came through the border. <laughs> some people came as visitors and they decided that this is a nice place to continue a long-term visit. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is that ask yourself, why? Why am I here? Because every location that you are in is a Kairos opportunity. Because the location that you are in will determine the people that you meet and the things, you know, the choices that you eventually have to make, right? Your experiences, a lot of things, the opportunities that you have is linked to the location that you are in. Location includes where you live. It includes where you worship as a church. It includes, uh, what do you call it, where you walk. Do you get what I'm saying? That's location. 
Where you walk is an opportunity. Where you go to church is a Kairos moment. It's a Kairos moment. One of the things I hate the most, I want you to pay attention, one of the things I hate the most are people who live in the future, but they never live in the now. It's a foolish kind of living. People who are always talking about what I'm going to do. Hey, when I am this, I am going to do this. I will do that. Ha. Huh. Don't worry, Pastor. Pastor Ma, don't worry. One day, one day, I'm going to give a million dollars to this church. You know, as a pastor, I used to say, I would say, Amen. Amen. Because you ain't giving no million dollars if you're not giving one dollar. God never, God never, when it comes to people, He never, He will give you a vision for the future, but He gives you an assignment for the now. And it is what you do with the now that leads you to the future. There is no jumping the step. There is no, there is no promotion like, oh yeah, the Lord is going to do something and then suddenly I'm going to be there. No! He's going to ask, what are you doing? Probably what the talent. What did you do with what I gave you? And then give more to that person. People who don't do the most, the best with what they have, they lose what they have. Take that which he has and give it to the person that has something to show. So, since I got that revelation, the only thing I'm concerned about is what am I doing with what is in front of me now? That's, that's, my, that's my daily preoccupation. What, first, first, number one, what is in front of me right now? Question. So, inventory. Then secondly, what am I doing with that? Not, what will happen? Oh, what? No, I know. I see the dreams. I see what is going to happen. But what God requires of you is what you do with what you have now. What is in front of you now? The people around you now. The opportunities in front of you now. What? Now, 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 now. Now is going to lead you to your future. The reason is because you don't become a professional football player when you don't play football. In high school, or even start running around from elementary school, throwing the ball. You don't become professional. You say, ah, you know what's going to happen? One day I'm going to play pro. I'm going to go pro. People go pro. <laughs> they go pro by playing what? Amateur, right? I'm going pro. Nothing. You didn't do anything to build your muscles. You know, you did nothing. There's no, nothing. I say, I'm going to go pro. I'm going to go pro. You you know, a good person will tell you, you are not going pro for the rest of your life. And it's not a curse. Except you change something. You are not going pro until you go amateur. Until you go around. There are many people who are here, here. And I know this is a church that has been taught to dream. Is this a church where dreams are not restricted? Where dreams are supported? Where dreams are you know, appreciated, where dreams are empowered, where, you know, we, 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 we say, oh, come on, everybody, you can do it, you can do that. That's, that's the general tone and the general culture of this church. But I want to tell you that no matter how much dreams are encouraged, dreams are empowered, the people who actually accomplish their dreams are the ones who do what they are supposed to do with them now. Because dreams manifest from what you do with it now. Kairos opportunities come to those who have been doing what they are supposed to do with the current opportunity 
that they have. Do you get it? It's like what they call luck. Now, how many of you know that there's something that the world calls luck? It's just that they don't define it very well. Do you get what I'm saying? They call it luck. Luck is like certain things just comes together. <laughs> and somebody just... Do you get what I'm saying? So many people that they call lucky say it's just very lucky. People don't go to the past, right? They don't see what the person was doing in the secret when nobody was there. Or maybe what their parents were doing, right? Do you know what? There were some things that, were, that was there, that was there, that just was waiting for them. You know, people talk about Joel Austin, right? They said this guy just came and then became the pastor of the largest church in the United States and he's talking everywhere, but they never talk about the 50 years before. So when his dad was pastoring and then when he was sitting in the technical crew, of whatever, the media crew, and watching, and like, you know, I don't like the way they are doing media in this place. And he's trying to improve it, and try to improve it, and try to improve it, and try to know this it could be better. Not knowing that the media that is improving, what he's doing is what he's going to stand in, and be, that's what he's going to be known for. Or being able to get into people's, what they call it, houses everywhere, and people are quoting even non-believers. But he didn't know that while he was sitting there and doing that, that was, that was his Kairos opportunity to, pre to prepare him for the next Kairos. That's going to come when his dad dies. When it's going to happen. Are, we, are you following me? So, this requires us to make a mental shift. To make a mental shift. Instead of looking at our time as grains of sand, pay attention, as grains of sand seeping through the hourglass. We view our time as opportunities flying by instead of viewing them as seconds ticking by. We realize that not every second holds the same worth. Everybody say after me, say, Not every second holds the same worth. So, in other words, it's not every second of your life that has the same value. You know, so understanding Kairos means that there are some seconds, right, that just have what a higher value. Do you get what I'm saying? Because there are windows of what? Opportunities. The second that you are, you know, on the security, regarding your flight, where you are going, when you are security, when you are doing all that, does not hold as much value as when you get into the flight, right? It's because you could go through security. You could go through all those things and you get there and what? There's no flight or the flight is gone. Do you get what I'm saying? So it doesn't, they don't hold the same. They are all important. All the hours and seconds of our times are important, but they don't hold the same importance. So the understanding of times and seasons and of Kairos means that there are some opportune moments. There are some moments when the angel comes to stir the waters and whoever jumps in fast is healed. So the water of time is there. Do you get what I'm saying? And people can jump in there, they can swim in there, they can do everything in there, but there's comment and when the angel stirs up the water and whoever jumps in there is healed. That's the way time is. So there's the general time, but it's a time when God stirs up something for you. And when you jump into that stream, whatever you need to do, whatever needs to happen in your life is accelerated and catalyzed. Cat, what? Yes, thank you. Or let's say catalyzed. <laughs> catalyzed. <laughs> Amen. 
Everybody say time and chances. So you need to ask yourself every time, what river or what stream is the angel of God staring for me right now? Always ask that. What stream is staring? What stream is staring? What stream is staring for me? And then you jump into it. Do you get it? You jump into it. Don't wait. And say, it's always a river now. You know, it's, you know, it's there. I can always jump in there. When you jump in there at the wrong time, the same thing is not going to happen. Do you get what I'm saying? I want you to jump in there at the right time. So I want you to stop living by just the river, but living by the stirrings of God. Check the stirring. Where does the stirring take place? The stirring begins to take place in your heart. Do you get what I'm saying? That something begins to come to your attention. The stirrings can take place around you, and you can notice it. That there's a stirring. There's something going on in this place, right? And your heart comes. You go into it. That when there's nothing flowing, and you jump into the same thing, the opportunity you will have. I missed it. I mean, I can tell stories of when the staring of this church was starting. Pastor Mo was one of the people that jumped into it. The person that you are looking at right now is not the person that, that was there then. Yeah. You know, he wasn't. But he saw something. And kudos to him and to God, God's great. He was sensitive to it that this is something that, this is something that is staring. He first said, you know, I'll come. You know, I'll come and assist once in a while. But while he came, so the Spirit of God walked, told him and said, this is something you need to jump into. Do you get what I'm saying? But that jumping into that flight had his family in there, had his children in there, had so many things in there, had his calling, and many more things that you're here to see that you're going to see in this decade. But you have to what? You have to jump into it. You have to get into it. Everybody say Kairos. So, are you a horse or a hawk? Are you a what? Horse or a hawk? Do you know the difference between the horse and the hawk? The horse is brutal strength. So it's a brutal strength. In the Bible, when they, are talk, when they want to talk about a foolish animal, they usually use the mule or the horse. It's just boom, boom, bah, 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 bah. Boom, 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 walk, bah, bah, bah. Me, me, I wake up in the morning, bad. Well, well, like us. Bah, bah, bah. Hey. <laughs> Sometimes I have to illustrate it that way <laughs> so that people can get it and never forget it. Are you a horse? People know you. He's very diligent, he's always on the move, he's always doing so many things. He's always, you know. Ha! That person is a tireless worker. Please don't call me a tireless worker. <laughs> That's not scriptural. That's not kingdom. He's a tireless worker. He's a hustler. Man! Woo! That's a horse. The hawk is different. Amen? The hawk. How many of you have seen the hawk in operation before? Okay. You don't see it in America. A lot. Or in, this, you know, in the major cities of America. Maybe you go to the villages and all that. But in Africa, I grew up seeing ox. Now, the way the ox works. So we used to keep chicken then. If you're, if you're a keeper of poultry in Africa, and you allow them to roam, especially when they have kids, one of the things that you have to have insurance against is the hawk. <laughs> you, have, you have to prepare. That I used to sell poultry. When I was young, like I raise poultry, I sell the eggs and do all that. One of the things that will 
that will, <laughs> that will dip into your return on investment is the hawk. So you know the way the hawk works? This thing is far off. Like, it's far off in the sky. I'm not talking about, the, you know, it's like, a, it's not even where, I mean, like, far, far, far off. You can't even see it. Then you just see, suddenly, you just lost what part of your investment. It's gone. I mean, you can't even, you want to shoot it, you can't do it, so, Like there, it can see, like, it has the kind of eye that it was given. It can see tiny things with clear vision. 20, more than 2020 vision. <laughs> the orc vision, amen. <laughs> so you need to have the orc vision. What's the orc vision? In this decade. So it will see, and then it will come and it will pick with precision. Dina is ready. So, are you a hawk or a horse? You understand? We need to have certain horse-like mentality. But don't just be a horse. Be a hawk. Everybody say be a hawk. A hawk is somebody or some, you know, is, you know, symbolizes somebody who is always on the lookout for what? Opportunity. The staring. The starings. The starings of the river. Constantly looking out for opportunity. Say, mm, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Let, let, let me tell you a story. So we were, we were in um, we're in Zambia. We were in Zambia. So and we are told, so in leading lights training, when we we're traveling, we had said, we always say the places we're going, right? So we say we're going to, uh, what do you call South Africa, Zambia, and Malawi. Right? That's what we said. So while we're in Zambia, somebody attended leading lights training. And the person attended it. The person had done it in Kenya before, in Nairobi, right? So he was the one that actually linked us to Kenya, to Zambia. So he, did, he does it in Zambia again. Then at the end of the leading life training, he tells me, I am going to Zimbabwe now. And I want to organize a training in Zimbabwe. So I said, that is nice and everything. Good. But, you know, there are many complications around that. <laughs> Number one is we are booked flights. We are booked flights from Malawi back to South Africa. We are booked flights. You know that the dates are going to be mangled up, right? And apart from that, this is not like Chicago or in the United States where you can change flight and have flight every day. Some, in Africa, in some place in Africa, when you cancel your flight that day, the next time you're going to get another flight is next week. So we looked. We tried all the different airports. Pastor Peace, Pastor Olu. Then we, we tried buses. The bus says that we're going we're gonna to be on the bus for 48 to 72 hours. <laughs> two days, right? Flight was two days, yes. Even the flight, you have to go somewhere, go somewhere. So you get there in two days. And once that, we have, we have a flight leading back to Chicago in South Africa that's already set. So if anything gets missing. But then you know what happened? Something also just told me 
and said, no, this is, this is what a Kairos moment. Don't miss this. Do this. But things didn't look like it. Then I now went to my, I went to my journal, right? Where I journal. And then I saw something in there. And I showed the, I showed them, I showed Pastor Lu and Pastor Peace. I wrote it there. In October, this was, no, sorry, in August. This was in October. I wrote it there in August. We are going to be in Zimbabwe. Um, October 19 and what, or something. The exact day that the person was proposing, I wrote it in August. Then I looked at it, I was like, what? So I showed them. I said, we're going to Zimbabwe. We're going to make it happen. Well, the long story is short, from riding Okada, or what they call motorcycles, to all kinds of stuff, we got to Zimbabwe. But why I'm saying it is because we went to Zimbabwe and did it. And you know, some of you saw the news that I heard of somebody who went to start a church as a result of our being there in Zimbabwe that time. Now, there are some people who are going to be part of that church. Do you get what I'm saying? They're going to be part of that church, but they, do, they wouldn't know that that thing was linked to what? Sensitivity to a Kairos moment. I know it's not like that person, God will not use another opportunity to do it. But we will have missed the opportunity to be part of that. So it's not like when you miss your Kairos moment, right? You understand? God will not do his plans. The only problem is that he will not do it through you. You, you miss out. That's what, uh, what's his name? Mordecai was telling Esther. Esther was like, oh, you know, I'm a king. I mean, I'm, I'm the queen now. I was chosen to be the queen. I'm in the palace and all that. And I just got into a secure position. And you know that, you know, if you go to the king right now, you know, you don't do so, the king might kill me. Mordecai came and said, you, come, 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 come. You are my nephew, my, my niece, right? I was the one that coached you and you became a queen. He said, listen, do you think you are in that place? Just, or they said, you are there. Please, can you let me find it in the book of, uh, anybody who knows, in the book of um, Esther. He said, you think you are, you are here just by chance. He said, don't you know that you were put there for such a time as this? For such what? So, another time you could have been, you, could, you know, anybody could have been queen. Do you get what I'm saying? So many people had the opportunity, many people had the opportunity to be queen. But God chose you to be queen. So she said, if you remain completely silent at this time, it is at this time, not later. You know, you can come out and be talking later. This, uh, this oppression is bad for my people. This, uh, that is bad for my people. No, that's not the time, right? At this time. Everybody said this time. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. In other words, God is going to talk to somebody else who is sensitive to the Kairos opportunity. But what is going to happen is that you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I'm here to tell you. God is a master chess player. He has many pieces on his board. But when it moves you, when he creates a button, when he says it's time for you, you are the one that's supposed to do it. You respond and yield. Before it, it devises another strategy because he always has options. 
that's going to teach you that you don't live like a horse or a mule. He said, don't be like a horse or a mule. Who has to be cajoled and all that, right? To move in the right direction. He said, be sensitive. All this thing of, ah, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I, 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 we always stubborn. I was a very stubborn boy when I grew up. When I was growing up. Very stubborn. But I have learned to be what? Yielded. To be flex. I was a flexible. Because you do not know that what you do not know, you understand, is actually the opportunity that you've been waiting for. But your rigidity closes the door on you. And somebody else will take that opportunity. Be flexible in 2020. Be flexible in this decade. Recognize that there's, there's something as this time. Not then. This time. Kairos is when you better get moving. It's the appointed time. It's the proper time. It is only it is a slice of time when you have the opportunity that Kairos is going to eventually slip away. That idea, somebody else is going to receive it and do something with it while you are sitting down on it. And that person will become a billionaire based on it. And you say, ah! Oh! I had no idea! I was praying in tongues! <laughs> and the Holy Spirit told me, <laughs> but you didn't do anything with it. Because the purpose of praying in tongues is not just for praying in tongues. The purpose of praying in tongues is for you to receive directions. Do you get what I'm saying? And for you to now act on the direction that you received. Hallelujah. What did is, what is Shakespeare say? Who knows that quotation from Shakespeare? I'm going to be rounding up now. Who knows that quotation from Shakespeare that says, uh, there's a time in the affairs of men. Who knows it? The poet in this place. Uh, actually, well, are you living there? <laughs> Jesse, please let me find it. It's a, it's a Shakespeare tale. You know, when he was talking to Brutus, you know, it's like, there's a tide in the affairs of men. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot. You have it? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesse, did you find it? Okay, good. Please, come and read it for me, please. <laughs> Eddie. Love you growing up. Um, there's a tide in the affairs of men, which taken by the floods, lifts unto fortune. Omitted, all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. On such a full sea, and now, are we now afloat? And we must take the current tide. We must take the current when it serves or lose our ventures. Listen, I need you guys to, to, to read it. You know, please show it, Jesse. I mean, that's one of the most powerful statements from Shakespeare that, that I know. You know. Uh, he said you loved it from when you were young. It's, it's very powerful. There's a tide. You know the way the tide works, right? The tide will come, it will be high, and then there's low tide, right? So when it's, when it's high tide, right, that's when you can do certain things. Do you get what I'm saying? When it's low tide, you can do certain things. So did, did you find it, Jesse? Thank you. Oh, okay, good. He said, there's a tide in the affairs of men which taken at the flood. 
leads on to fortune. Omitted. All the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. In other words, you announced the tide came for you to take it to ride on the high waves, but you didn't take it. Then you are now riding a big boat <laughs> in what? In shallows. Shallow water. I'm like, ah, why is this boat not moving? Why is this boat so hard? How come, you know, this is not happening to me? Pastor, Pastor, more please pray for me. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That man proposed to you that time, but you, 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 you looked at him and said, he's not tall enough, he's not short enough, he's not fat enough, he's not rich enough. But you were in your 20s then. You know, you were so beautiful. Everybody was looking at you. People were writing you letters. People were doing all those things. So, you know, you know, I had, you didn't know that opportunity was presented to you. And now you are in the 40s. I'm not laughing. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not mocking anybody. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not mocking anybody. I'm just speaking the truth. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm telling those of you that are here, it's not that you're not going to have another opportunity again, right? But you have to learn to know that these things come by opportunity. You know, I, told, <laughs> I was telling some people at the Glow Church, uh, whatever, yesterday, the, you know, the lunch team. And I said, so I was talking, I said, you know my wife was born in America, right? She was born in America. In Chevrolet, Maryland. Two weeks after she was born, she was taken to Nigeria. Why? To meet me. <laughs> and immediately she met me. She came back to America. <laughs> so that I can do what? Not just to, so that I can come to America and be able to talk to you guys. was a Kairos moment. Just so as she came to the fellowship, of course, I wasn't paying attention. And she also saw it was just a Kairos moment. It was a window that was going to close. But that window led, has led to many things. So I'm telling you that there are divine arrangements like that you have to be sensitive to. Are you listening? So let's finish. There's a time. Omitted. All the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. On such a full sea are we now afloat. 2020, you're on that full sea. Amen. You're on that full sea in this decade. And we must take the current when it serves. So you're on the sea, but you must take what? The current when it serves. Or we will lose our ventures. So my advice to you is take the current when it what? Serves. Let me round up with the last thing. What are some of those currents? What are those, some of those currents? Or how do we take the current when it's out? So, basically, how to redeem the time. How to redeem the time. How to take, charge, take care of the chances. So, no, that's my point number three. So, and my, my, my last point. How do you redeem the time? So, Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 that we read at the beginning. Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16. Well, verse 16 especially in the, uh, the NKJV, like I said. It said, redeeming the time because the days are what? 
the days are evil. So what Paul was acknowledging in that place is, um, first of all, he acknowledged the evil days. Paul looked at his world that he was living in, just like the world we're living in today. He saw that it was an evil time. Impurity, greed, idolatry, disgusting sins of all kinds. Especially in Ephesus, the letter that I wrote to the Ephesians, it was the most licentious city in ancient Greece. And so many things were going on there in those days. It surrounded them. So, so what it's telling them is that the evil is so persuasive, the pressures are so persuasive, the options, right? And some of them are not the right options. They are degrading options. They are inferior options. They are so pervasive that if you are not careful, you will lose the kairos. The time there is kairos. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you guys know what I'm saying? So listen, what I'm telling you is that this world is designed to steal opportunities. So in other words, God presents opportunities, but the, the general environment right, is designed, what? <laughs> to steal the opportunities from us. The people around you will tell you, it's not time. It's not now. You are too young. You are too old. You are too busy. You are not educated enough. No. The circumstances will tell you it's too hard. You don't have the papers. You don't have permission. So many things will tell you. Who has, who has done that in your family? Nobody has ever said that kind of, kind of business. Nobody has ever done that kind of a thing. Why are you talking about such a thing? That's what he's always telling you. That's what goes on inside of you. All of us, all the time. The days are evil. You see, when they say something, they say time, you know, people say time is against you. Don't confess that. Amen. In a sense, because you're supposed to reclaim the time. But there's a measure of truth in it that if you live in the natural world, time is against you. Before you know it, everything is dropping. <laughs> Stand still. That's what Ecclesiastes meant. Please quickly show it to me. I'll stop by one. Ecclesiastes says, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, is it chapter 9 or verse 2? Chapter 9 verse 1 or chapter 12 verse 1? Chapter, no, no. Ecclesiastes from chapter 12. He said, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come. You see what, what do you mean by evil days, right? He said, because the days are what? Are evil. The KJV says, uh, before the evil days come. So Paul knew what he was saying, the days are evil, right? He said, before the evil days come, uh, look at it. Remember your creator in the days of, while the evil days come not, not the years draw near, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Do you know that what you are passionate about right now, do you get what I'm saying? What you are passionate about right now, does not, it's not going to last. Are you listening? It's not, you guess it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I drove, you know, I was, I, I drove to this side, like to this side of town. And as I was driving, memories just came to me of days and years when I wept over this surrounding. And I moved there from the suburb and lived here. And every day of my life was about just, I was just driving. It was sometime last year I was driving and I was like, there was a passion. All of you know it, right? There was just that thing. 
It was so intense. I woke up to it. When we're doing this building thing and all that, I woke up to it. I'll leave everything. I will. It's like the passion. But you know what happened? You know, that passion was for me to do something, to give birth, to oversee the birth of something. Because that passion now is now in something, something else again. Not that there's no passion here, but there's something you know, that just comes. Because there are seasons of life and the passions that come with the seasons. I didn't have a passion for the nations. You go up and come to me and talk to me about Rwanda or Malawi. I was, you know, people wrote me letters from it was like strangers talking to me. <laughs> for some of they would say, hey, come to Kenya. I, like, mm. I had no interest. The only thing I had interest was in putting the uh, put the audio in this place together, put that together. But something shifted, and God shifted the passion and said, Now nah, I want you to take this into other places. The, basically, the word he said was this He said, Just like Isaac dug a well, now I want you to dig well in different places. You call it different names because from those wells, like the one you've dug in this place, I'm going to raise up people. Your passions will just change. But if you did not follow your passions, I'm not talking about unsanctified passion. If you don't follow your passion for the moment, there will come a time when you will say, I have no pleasure in that. Oh, trouble, I have no pleasure in that. Oh, I have no pleasure in that. I have no pleasure in that because the passions have dissipated. The passions have left. You have you, you misused them. You have, oh my God. I'm preaching like 80.3% better than you guys are responding. Actually, 80.35. Hallelujah. So, how do you redeem the time? The key word is in the word redeem. I would say redeem. redeem. The word redeem is from the word exagorezo. I would say exagorezo in the Greek. The word means, ex means out. You understand? Agora means market. So, when you say agora, it's talking about marketplace. You understand? So, ex agorazo means to buy from the market. To buy out from what? From the market. I would say buy out from the market. So when he says, please go back to Ephesians. So when he says, buy out the kairos from the market. Ex agora, ex agora, the kairos. Take it from the market. It means that there's a marketplace of opportunities. Are you listening? There's a marketplace of opportunities. There's a marketplace of opportunities. But the kind of market, whenever you see the word redeem there, redeem there means that what is in that market originally belongs to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Redeem. Redemption. The word redeem, exagoreso, actually means to buy something out, but you're buying it back. It used to belong to you. It's yours originally, but somebody is sitting upon it. What I'm trying to tell you is that some people are marketing your opportunities in the marketplace. It's time to reclaim your own opportunity because they belong to you. Ask your neighbor, what opportunities of yours are being sold right now? Let me ask your neighbor. <laughs> what, what opportunities of yours is somebody making some money of right now? <laughs> or that the devil is sitting upon right now? So the key to, re- to, to claiming the chances is to redeem. So listen, listen, as I round up, many... Huh, Thank you very much. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let's not forget that redeeming our time is not natural. And it's not easy. It's the opposite. 
we must exert effort not to be busier and check more off our to-do lists, but to be truly productive in God's eyes. It takes effort. It takes thought. It takes discipline. It takes diligence. It takes introspection. It takes learning. It takes prayer. It takes wisdom. It takes growing. It takes sensitivity. Otherwise, everybody in the world will be doing it. It requires more than just that. You have to become one of your professionals to be the opportunity redeemer. What's your profession? I am what? An opportunity <laughs> redeemer. I trade in it. I get it. If it is mine, I get it. It's one of the things I do. I am an opportunity redeemer. I look out for it. Even in tiny things. And one of the ways you do it is by being appreciative of every God show that comes to you this year, no matter how tiny. Because when you train yourself to start appreciating little, little God shows, when a major God show shows up, you will see it. Because it's the same skill that is required to see the simple God show is what is required to see the real one that is coming. Thank you. Hallelujah. So please, as a roundup, Take advantage of opportunities to grow, opportunities to know people, opportunities to get involved in things while they are small. While they are small, there are some things you will never be able to get into when they are big. You understand? Children when they are small, businesses when they are small, investment when they are small. If you right now say, I want to invest in Berkshire Hathaway, mm -mm. I tried it what I went to look at it, the amount that. You know, it's not to invest in just one stock of Berkshire. As a way, it's what somebody earned for one year. But a good job. But there was a time when some people invested in it and it was tiny. So you need to know that opportunity to know people is essential. It's essential. There are some people that we got involved in their lives in situation, bad situation. And now they are in different places. There was a time, there are some people, many of the things that you see us do in this nation or whatever, there are people that we got involved in them. God gave us opportunity to just get involved in their lives and we invested in their lives and they will never forget it. That man that saw Joseph in the prison, right? The one that had the dream, right? Joseph invested in that guy, right? Even though it didn't happen instantly, but years later, that was the man that recommended him. It was a Kairos moment for Joseph. That was how his dream was going to come to pass, to become prime minister, by being kind to somebody that is beside them. Look at your neighbor and say, are you my Kairos opportunity? No, no, turn around, turn around, turn around. Come on, turn, turn, turn to him, turn to him, ask him. Are you my... <laughs> Tell him, say yes. Turn to Pastor Omo, say, are you my Kairos opportunity? Is City like my Kairos opportunity? Oh my God. Yes. Come on, stand up if you are ready for your Kairos in this place. Is this retreat your Kairos opportunity? Is this an opportunity for you to learn? Is that an opportunity for you to grow? Is that an opportunity for you to take over? For you to take off on the flight that is about to take place in 2020? And in this decade, if you believe it, if you are an opportunity redeemer, begin to declare it now with a shout of praise. It is my time. It's time for my God show. It is my opportunity. Thanks for
you're listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you are blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.